You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Welcome, everybody. We are back, and we are back with a guest, and not just a guest, our pastor. We have Pastor Mark Bentliff. We're really excited, yeah. aren't we, Jonathan? Yes, episode 105. 105, and I can't remember, is this the second or third time you've been on the Sewing and Going podcast, Pastor yeah, Mark? It'll be the third time, and thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. We're excited. We tried to get him on the 100th episode, but the scheduling didn't work. And when we were talking about what we wanted him to share on, uh, both of us had it I came like that, that this was something that he had shared on. He shared it with heart and gusto gusto with a pep in his step and a glide in his stride. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the things he says, but, uh, we're excited about this. Uh, it'll help you grow. It's helped us grow. And that's what this is literally about. Sewing and growing. So pastor Mark, I don't think you need an introduction. You can introduce yourself and then let everybody know the topic you're going to be speaking on today. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'm pastor of New Creation Church. Uh, I think most people just <laughs> from different times know that. Yeah. If you're coming on new, um, yeah, just happy to have such a great congregation. These two guys here, what they're doing, proud of you, what you're doing, and and you. uh, the success of your podcast. And thanks for having me. Subject that we're going to talk uh, about today, uh, and you've asked me to talk about this, is uh, really uh, a process of survival uh, to significance. Hmm. And um, bring a perspective today, maybe, uh, you know, uh, as I told you guys just beginning, you know, top leadership gurus have talked about this process in leadership. So everybody that's listening, you can go on and find John Maxwell and, and uh, Zig Ziglar and others who have talked about this particular thing, but uh, maybe coming from a little different uh, perspective this morning. So awesome. You know, I think it's important. And if that introduction from Pastor Mark Bentliff was first time and you didn't know anything about him, I encourage you. It is going to be shared with Pastor Mark's revelation knowledge on it and come to church. If you don't have a church in the valley, come join us on Sunday, 830, 1030 and 6 p.m. And all of us, I mean, even the church, Pastor Mark, you can agree with this. We've been pushing having obviously not this isn't success, but predictably growing and predictably wanting to be different. A year ago, Pastor Tasha had a prophetic word that this time next year, things would be different, which would mean growth, would mean change. It's not different in a worse context. It's different for the better. So we're excited to be able to have some predictable success and ultimately significance. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, if, if I can just start out yep. with this and um, um, talk about this, you know, from the perspective of survival to significance, I believe, just to start off to say significance is really where God wants each one of us to be. Jesus said that you are the light of the world. And so significance really is, uh, you know, you can have different um, definitions, but one of them is to make a difference or to be influential or to influence um, to a certain degree. And so we want our life to make a difference. We want it to be influential on others. But so often, uh, and really maybe everyone starts out in survival mode. And so survival, you know, if we, we put it simply, you can find a number of different definitions is, I'm just trying to make it to the end of the day. 
um, you know, if I could just make it to the end of today, I'm living day to day. I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I'm living uh, um, from situation to situation. I'm just making it to the next thing, and that would be survival. And God really never wanted us to just make it from paycheck to paycheck. And so, you know, in, in Matthew, uh, Jesus really, I believe, addresses this. He says, therefore, uh, in verse 25 of, of Matthew chapter 6, he says, therefore, I say to you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. Uh, they neither toil nor spin. And yet you say that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And so if God closes the grass of, grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He goes on to talk about worrying again. He ends in verse 33. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about uh, its own. Sufficient is the day and its trouble. So he's just saying, I believe that he's saying from that perspective, the world without God is going to be in survival mode. Now you can come to principles from the Word of God and begin to move forward mm -hmm. and have significance in the world. We see that people maybe who don't know Jesus aren't religious, as they would say, uh, they take what they've learned in coming out of survival mode and begin to teach others. And no matter what it is, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, uh, they get beyond survival mode. But most, uh, really so many people, I shouldn't say most, so many people stay in survival mode. And survival mode is just, you know, odd. We, you know, when Tasha and I first got married, we were in survival mode. Um, it was paycheck to paycheck to the degree that you know, when the paycheck came, we looked at all the bills and, and generally speaking, uh, pay payday came and that was like celebration time. But celebration was we lived two blocks from 7-Eleven. Payday, we'd go to 7-Eleven, uh, get a Coke. I would get a Baby Ruth. She would get a Twix. We'd walk down to the park, sit, watch the river and eat our Baby Ruth and our Twix, drink our Coke and say, payday. Praise the Lord. Um and that, you know, that was survival mode. We're just going paycheck to paycheck, making it, you know, date night was never, didn't, uh, you know, we didn't spend any money. Uh, at some point, you get a little frustrated with that. You know on the inside there's more. So you come to the place of saying, you know, uh, what's success? And so the highlights are survival, success, significance. But between that, there's there's a couple. It's really five different steps. But if we take survival, just living day to day, we take success in being uh, really in order to have success. And John, as you started with this predictable success, talking about it, in order to have success, you have to have goals. Yeah. You have to have vision, uh, create something because success, if it's only uh, success is only gauged by comparing to someone. Mm. And many times people stay in survival mode because they have a heart for success but they think success is just keeping up with the Joneses. 
And so in endeavoring to have that kind of success, they go into debt, they go into worry, they go into stress. That's good. And, and then the more you go into debt, the more you create a cycle of survival mode. But if based on uh, a, a proper teaching, a proper understanding, you set proper goals, then achieving those goals, you can say, I'm successful. So even in our case, we begin to say, you know, we don't want to go to this point. So what are some levels that we want uh, to get to? And so, you know, there are many different little, little levels, but we decided at one point we wanted to have a house. And when you're surviving, you're, how do you do that? So we just began to make a plan and say, we're going to put very little money, but we're going to start putting money away for a house. And when we did that, all kinds of things began to happen that eventually we were able to buy a house. And so, but without just saying, we hope we can buy a house someday, it seemed like we just stayed in a mode. But when we took action to a plan. And so from a success perspective, we see all through the, the scripture how there's, there's a plan. But, you know, one that we always go to is Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 8, where God said, you know, be strong and very courageous. He said, if you'll meditate on my word day and night, you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. Well, why is that? Because if we look at God's word, it doesn't matter if it's physical, if it's mental, if it's emotional, or it's financial. His word gives us marks and, and, and his idea of where we should be. If we grasp that, we begin to see something very important. And so in the process to success from survival, the next step is stability. Stability. And so Jesus, um, in Matthew chapter 7, he said this. He said, I will liken a man who hears my word and does it to a man whose life is, has a foundation. So when storms come, when uh, I think Luke says when the river rises, his house is still standing. But somebody who doesn't, who just hears my word and doesn't do it, there's no foundation. So he says, what's the stability? Again, his word brings about direction and it brings order. And he gives us steps to take. Uh, within his word, yeah. and in those steps to take. So he says, if you'll take those steps, you add stability to that. And so in taking steps, there's stability. Why? Because you have a goal that you're looking to reach. You know that goal has steps that you take. And so God's word is just full of life, life in general. We make it religion, but if we could ever translate it into life, it gives us steps to success mentally, right? If you'll take my words and embrace them, it'll guard your mind. Emotionally, it'll guard your heart, mm -hmm. right? So financially, God says, there, there's a plan that I have to give you resource and, and stability, security financially. He has a plan that you take steps in. Mm -hmm. Spiritually, then certainly we know we take these steps in God's word in relationship, and then we have that stability. But the next step is then security. Security. So he says, 
If you take my word, it'll guard your heart and guard your mind. So in just saying, I got to survive every day, there's no security. You're always just mm. treading, got the head down doing it. But the moment you can lift up your head and, and by the word of God say, God has a better life for me. God has a better plan for me. And I, you start to look into his word and see that. And then not just struggle again. I got to survive. I got to do this. But I see that there's an order and there's steps to take. It says if I commit my way to him, right, he'll, he'll give me order. He'll direct my steps. And so when I give that over to him, there's steps. that Those steps create stability. And when I start to see the stability, the security, and then I, I realize I'm reaching through these steps, I'm reaching these goals. When I reach a goal, it doesn't matter where you're at or somebody else is at. If that's my goal, I've been successful in reaching it. So then I can move that forward uh, to another degree. So the, the critical thing is survival's about me. Even success is a lot about me. But when we get to significance, then it's really about over and over. You know, Philippians chapter 2, Paul says this. He said, to understand the love of God is to understand how to esteem someone else higher than yourself. Mm -hmm. So the moment we could love somebody and esteem them higher than ourselves, then we can really look back to the Great Commission. Having the Great Commission without realizing I have something to give someone else, and I would do it because I love them. Not for myself, but I can make a difference in somebody else's life. Now the Great Commission. Jesus said, listen, I have given you the steps. I've brought you out of survival mode. I've given you steps. I've taught you. I've been significant in giving my life to you. Now you teach someone else. You go there. Teach them to observe and to do. Don't just go say, get saved. He said, teach them to observe and to do everything I've commanded you. And then Paul said this. Paul said, when you get to that point, you're being significant in what you know, what you've been taught, what somebody who showed significance in your life to break you out of survival mode, to give you a plan, to give you steps, to make you successful. Now pass that on and teach others, but not just somebody who will take it to themselves, teach others who will teach others also. So now we create a legacy of the things of God, which is very fulfilling. So that's certainly a, a super quick shot of what we're talking about, but I'll, I'll let you all <laughs> do your thing. Um, no, that's, I didn't know about the five steps. That yeah. was awesome. We were missing four. We were yeah. missing two of the steps. No wonder my life's falling apart. Yeah. You can't reach a goal if you don't have all the action yeah. steps. Well, just going back to the three main points, you know, and you kind of touched on this very briefly, but I mean, these three statements are all the same except for one word changing. I want to survive. I want to be successful. I want to be significant. The first two are completely self-focused. The last one, just that word significance, really, when you just hear the word, I hear that phrase, I want to be significant, it makes you think outside of yourself. And I'm thinking about the world. Uh, when, you, when, you're, when your own needs are taken care of, it's a lot easier to focus on somebody else. So the reason why I'll just keep saying the world may, some people may never get to a place of significance is because they're focusing so hard to make it to success and it's such an inward focus you get to that point and 
you're almost out of time. But the word of God works differently. You know, you, we use foolish things to confound the wise. And so you mentioned earlier, Matthew six thirty three is kind of one of the core principles of the Christian life. He's saying at the very beginning, if you make my priorities, your priorities, I take care of the rest. And God will bring you to that place of stability, I think, much quicker than the world will bring that about. Um, and the world is really a, a false form of stability. Um, but I was just thinking about that, you know, significance. It's easy to be significant in someone else's life when your needs are taken care of. So how are you going to go about that? God's way, which is completely reversed, which is focusing on his thing, not your thing. Or doing it the world's way, which is focusing on me, 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 until I finally get to that place where I'm like, okay, now my needs are taken care of. I can take care of you. Mm -hmm. That's a slow process. Very slow process. And really, you can be in survival mode, and what will help you get out is get your eyes off of simply making it to the next day. That's why God's Word is so important. Um, at the same time, we see levels of it in the world. So whether it's spiritually you know certainly when we're talking about the bible we're talking about the core of it being spiritual but just look at somebody who is just surviving and the stress of it and all that stuff maybe they gain weight they get unhealthy and it really comes down to yeah they're surviving but they realize i i'm spinning my wheels so i'm gonna get connected to somebody i'm gonna go on a diet i'm gonna go on an exercise routine and when they do, they start interacting with someone else who's putting into their life. And, and, and almost immediately as it starts to take hold, what do they do? They see, wow, this helped me. I could help somebody else. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? They start a routine of goals. When they see how that helps, right, they meet their goals. But what do they almost always do right now? They go on the Internet or something and they say, this helped me. Right. And they open they up share. a program so that now I'll teach you how to do what I did. So even physically, mentally, emotionally, now that's the way they get to success, right? Because now you pay me to teach you. Right. So it's, it's intergrained. But when they just say, now I'm healthy, yay about me, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to show off my muscles. Not, but when they, there's almost something in a person that yeah. says, if this worked for me and somebody took time to teach me, I'm going to teach them. And if we can always keep that, I may not be out totally out of survival mode, but I start looking to being significant in somebody mm -hmm. else's life. It, as you said, it propels yeah. that process forward. Streamlines it. Yeah. If I'm always just worried about me and mine, I right. stay in a cycle. But the moment I can break out and say, even though I'm not yet fully successful, I'm starting to think, Boy, if this diet works and I lose 30 pounds, I'm telling somebody. If this financial plan works and I get out of debt, I'm telling somebody. So your mind kicks over to yeah. significance. If I mean, it doesn't have to, but it can. You don't have to wait to be successful to start thinking yeah. significant. I nice. would almost nice. say, and I can be corrected, but on your way to submit, you can have a success mindset, you can have a significant mindset, you're moving to success, but even on the transitionary step to success, have a significant mindset. And the difference is success is I'm going to sit on it, maybe I'm going to enjoy it. Significance is I'm going to share it, whether yeah. it be my knowledge or the blessing that's come into my life. Yeah, I, yeah, I believe good. that's true. Wherever you're at, you can begin to get a significant mindset. If you leave the process, it, it still then becomes about you. But 
I'm going to reach somebody for my benefit, but you can start looking to be significant. Yeah. Cause we, to some degree, we have to get to a spot of success or at least personal possession of some of these characteristic traits. Otherwise we don't have anything to share to be significant, Right. but don't forget the end goal of it. I had some questions I want to bounce off you guys uh, because maybe people are wondering where am I spiritually, financially, relationally, am I in the survival state? Am I in a success state? And as you were reading from Matthew chapter uh, five, no, six, six, Matthew chapter six about considering things and said, don't worry. So if your life is dictated by worry, Mm -hmm. you very well could be in a survival state. Yes. Yeah. And then you had mentioned that we often get to a spot of comparison where we're looking like when I'm in survival, if I had just the car that that person had, then I would be successful. And you, something's going to paint what our picture of success is going to be. It's either going to be the world external to us, or it's going to be the word of God. If it's the word of God, it's always applicable. It's always, Hey, this is something you can be. And I remember recently reading in a book that there's two different circles. There's the circle of uh, influence. And that's what we can actually influence. And then there's the circle of interest. And when we have our eyes external towards everything around us, that's interesting, but we can't really influence that. The word of God always going to point us to something that we can actually influence. Mm-hmm. And it's personal because I might not be able to control that other person, but I can control this. So that's why I think when you brought up Joshua 1, if we go to the word and that law is meditates on us, it's going to purify our action steps and our goals. Right. Yeah, it gives us a, again, going back to that, we see people in this mindset and they become successful in the minds of people, but it's never quite enough because somebody seems to always have a little bit more. And so, again, if your goal is based on I got to get to where somebody else is, then you'll you'll be successful to that level. But if your your mindset is I'm going to you know, step into this area. Certainly the Bible gives us all that, but I'm going to get my thoughts under control Mm -hmm. so that I'm not under worry and stress. Uh, And if I get my body under control and I get my spirit under control uh, as a first goal, then I really will begin to see what my life is made of. I'll begin to see how I can help other people. And so I'm reaching these areas to say that was successful because my goals my vision was based out of what God has said to me, not a comparison. And so Paul said this, he said, if we compare ourselves by ourselves, it's not wise because there's always something moving. But if we compare ourselves or, or, or bring ourselves into uh, what God said, right, then, then we begin to see what our life is made of. The very substance of our life is made of and consists of uh, coming from our creator. And I wanted to bring this up as well. I've been here for a while and there's statements that you've said more than once that'll just resonate in me during the day. And these steps aren't just something for finances. They're spiritual. And I, when you brought up comparison, I thought of a statement and I want you to say it. I'll give my paraphrase, but I think you'll say it better. You said that our Christian lives can't be reduced to at least I'm not as bad as someone else. 
And if you're comparing that way and that's the status of how you're doing spiritually, as I'm not as bad as Jonathan, that'll keep you in a survival state spiritually. You will not grow into the level of significance spiritually as long as we have limited ourselves to compare ourselves by someone else spiritually. Right. Yes. And I believe that that, again, some of that uh, keeps us in somewhat of a survival mode. But if we recognize where that comes from, it comes from lack of vision and lack of understanding of God's word for us. So the religious mindset, having just enough knowledge of God's word that I got to make it to heaven, what's going to cause me to get to heaven and be favorable to God? Just not being a bad person. <laughs> so when we come to the point of saying, you know, I'm not perfect, I'm struggling in life, but at least I'm not as bad as you, then the mindset is, when I stand before God, at least I can point the finger at you and say, you aren't quite as good. And so that's a, a vicious cycle of just trying to not be as bad as somebody else, just trying to be a good person rather than being fulfilling uh, steps and processes that the Word of God gives us to the success, as he said to Joshua. Why did he say meditate on the Word day and night? Because God was bringing the whole children of Israel out of survival mode. Mm -hmm. They were in slavery in yeah. Egypt. They were yeah. surviving. They realized that there was something better, and they cried out to God. And what did God do? God gave them a goal, yeah. which was moving into the promised land. But they could never get out of survival mode, right? Where's our food? Where's our water? Right. How are we going to yeah. survive the next day? They never really got the steps that were ordered in the wilderness, that in those steps, believing God, understanding where God was taking them, right? Instead of just, I got to get through today. Where's the food? Where's the water? How are we going to survive? God is leading us and he knows how to lead us. And we're, our steps are ordered from Egypt to the promise and then into the promised land. Well, they missed that. But jo he said, Joshua, go back and look at what I told Moses, look at the steps, believe me, follow me, mm -hmm. and you'll make your way successful. In other words, if you don't abandon that, you'll go into the promised land. That's the goal. But it wasn't the end, right? It was about being significant. And then Joshua was going to divide to each tribe their inheritance, right? He was going to be influential. Then when they were established, had they followed all of that and understood the significance that God wanted them to have, then they would have affected the whole world. He said, I'm going to make you a blessed nation. And through that, all the nations of the world will be blessed. We know ultimately that was Jesus, but they were set to be protected by God. But what did they do? They kept getting their focus off. They, they were still in survival mode. Oh, the, these, these tribes around us, they're either better, so we need what they need, or they're going to kill us. So we need to submit to them so they don't kill us. They, they continually had a hard time getting out of survival mode mm -hmm. and getting any stability and feeling of security that came from God so mm -hmm. that they could affect the world around them. Do you think some of that had to do with just kind of the Old Testament law? And I'm going to paint this with a broad stroke because it may not be completely accurate. But when I look at Old Testament, just interaction with God and people, it seemed a little bit more contractual and new Testament is a lot more relational. So it's hard for me to trust you 
if you were to just tell me on a piece of paper that this is what you were going to do for me, if I didn't know you. Not to say that the children of Israel didn't know God, but it seems like in the old covenant, it was way more contractual and not as relational as the new, the new covenant. Is this a crazy thought? I'm just thinking like now, I mean, he, the spirit of God lives on the inside of us. You know, it's not just a priest that goes into the holy place. We can go into the holy place mm -hmm. now. So if I just had to deal with you through a contract, it would be hard. In my mind, it would be harder for me to trust you. Now, I, I if I spend time with you and I really know you, it's a lot easier for me to trust that you are going to bring provision. Right. So if we go back to... Uh God's mindset from the beginning, even with the children of Israel. Uh, and again, I think this comes down to survival mode uh, coming out. But if you'll remember when he went up, when Moses went up on the mountain, God came down. God wanted to fellowship mm -hmm. with the children of Israel. And the children of Israel said, uh, no, I don't think we could survive fellowshipping with you. Mm -hmm. Moses, you go get it and then you tell us what to do. Wow. And that's where he developed the priesthood and the law. But what God wanted is that relationship hmm. from the beginning. And so even in the, if we look at it in the New Testament, how many people are still struck by that fear or that religious, I have to do or else, instead of I can enter into relationship with God, he's going to direct my path yeah. in his word and doing his word, acting upon those steps I create a stability for my life. And when I see that stability that's in the relationship with him, I am secure. Mm -hmm. When I'm secure, then I know that I can I can take steps of faith to achieve my goals. Yeah. And when I see how faith works, I can begin to teach others also of that relationship and that goodness and become significant. Yeah. That may be an oversimplification, but... well. Yeah, I was just going to say this, and I don't want to steer the subject away, but we often are taught of the importance of what we say. And maybe we should recognize, even when we're in a survival state, watch what we're saying, because that'll mm -hmm. affect your ability to walk into significance. Because the children of Israel said, hey, I don't want to talk to us through someone else. God said, okay, that's what I'll do. And then when they got up to the promised land, they said, man, it would be better to die in the wilderness. And he said, okay, that's the way it'll be. <laughs> and it's interesting, even in your survival state, obviously God's a gracious God, but watch what you say in your survival state, because it might just affect your destiny. Very much. I mean, the difference between, and again, we go back to, um, you know, if somebody's listening just simply about success, what do they do? If they, you know, say, I want to become maybe mentally stronger, they go to somebody, they get some coaching, they get a book. It's still about, and they'll, everybody will tell you, you can read, read that, that'll be one step. But if you don't ever put it into practice, right, if you don't ever talk to somebody about it in the right manner, it's never going to take hold of your life. So whether it's exercising, you can read about exercising all you want. You can get all the next plans. You can even buy the equipment. But if you don't exercise, you're not going to get stronger. If you don't change the way you think about certain things and, and, and get that on the right track, right, doing it, you can read about how to change your thoughts and mind, but if you don't ever take action. So those principles are scriptural. And so based on your example, 
he told Joshua, obviously Caleb followed that. So they're going through the wilderness. Um, Joshua's intent on watching Moses, listening to Moses, uh, meditating on the words. So when they came up and saw the promised land, they saw the goal, the objective, what God had said. That was what was in their mind because they had studied what God had said. And they said, God said, we could take it, we can take it. The children of Israel, on the other hand, it appears that they hadn't really gotten that into their heart and their mind. So they said, we can't do it. And, and really, God said, according to your own word, then that's the way it's going to be. You'll never go in. So again, going back to that hearing the word, meditating, your success comes from where are you getting your information about the future and the information about your life. And so again, the word of God, you can look at it religiously and just say, I'm in survival mode. If I can just do enough good to please God, I'll make it. Um, then it becomes legalistic. It becomes hard. It's like a contract. If I do this, then you have to do this at the end. But when you read it as he's the creator, the author of my life, the finisher of my life. And so he wants my life to be significant and influential. So he's given me steps to change my life and just get out of survival mode. Oh God, if I could just make it to the next day, if I could just make it to heaven, I'll be good. Two, I can experience your presence, bring your will, heaven to earth in me. I can begin to spread that light. And when he says you're the light of the world, that's what he's saying. I've ordained for you to be influential. Uh, that kind of just reminded me even about the parable of the talents and the wicked servant. So he didn't understand the heart of his master. And so he was like, I know, I knew you to be a hard man and a harsh man. And he operated, Lord, help me. He operated What's the word? out of... Uh, well, out of fear. Um, and it didn't end up well for him. So I'm even thinking, just going back to what I had said originally, even in the new covenant, if we're not careful, we can get in that contract mindset or you know it's like well you know how about you do it for me or i think you know this person said god was this way and you have all these types of uh, ideas of god that aren't necessarily true and then it causes you to operate your life out of fear um and we know what happened to the wicked servant I and mean, it wasn't very good and fearful. so yeah he was a little fearful so operating in in yeah. in relationships so you understand the heart of your master it's way easier to trust someone uh, that you have a relationship with, but I wanted to say this: you're talking about you talked about success. Um, you're just sitting there thinking, like, actually, that sounds pretty good. I mean, you use some scripture reference. You know, it's about meeting goals, uh, and then I know that now I know that having success, you get some stability, you get some security. Sounds pretty good. What do you say to the person who's completely content with just staying in the mode of success? Well, I mean. Generally speaking, they're not content in the mode of success, right? Because it's never enough. Right. But if I'm working towards these goals, just sitting here, if I, if I got nothing and you, you describe success to me about meeting the goals, mm -hmm. about bringing stability and security, just me sitting in a place of survival says, that sounds pretty good. What you're saying is why wouldn't I just, Stop. I'm starting at survival. Why does it not just go survival, success, stability, security? That's it. There's no need for significance. I'm living pretty good. 
the best thing I can do is do all right by myself. That's that's it. Right. Yeah. To a degree, you're you're still in a somewhat survival mindset is it's just about me. And I've made it. I'm surviving. I'm comfortable. I've reached my goals. And so, I mean, there's probably more to it than that. But when you settle for simply being successful, I've got enough. There's there's an end. You know, I'm just going to sit on my laurels, not think about anybody else, do my own thing. Um, there's a vicious cycle to that. I mean, I think it's in the heart of man. I'm just going to say I believe the best that it's in the heart of man that when you get there, you're going to be. I want to share this with someone else. And I think a lot of people have come to that. We're in a, you know, when people start talking about mentoring and, you know, we have a lot in our culture today. So people who are really in success mode, you know, and we've talked about this in generational synergy and all that stuff that the generation before, um, you know, talking about my generation, so to speak, in, in the world right now where they built businesses, they've been successful, yet there's something in them that doesn't say, I just want to retire and have a good time. What's the next step? And they're trying to figure out how can I be more significant? How can I mentor someone? How can I uh, bring someone else along? So I guess the best part of that, I, I can't answer what's in the heart of another person to just say, I'm fine with where I'm at. I, I, I think that's unfulfilling in the end because it's all about you. So you can be that way. We know that there's a, a selfishness in man that just says, if I'm good, I'm the world's good. My world's good. But I think when you look down on the inside, there's something in a person that says, I've got to help somebody else come along. And so we hope and we look at that in the goodness of people, um, especially when we're talking about the scripture and stuff, that it, you see that it takes you beyond that. Because I think people who just say, I have to reach a level of success. I just keep upping the bar, right? Because now my level of success, if we're simply there, is, you know, what's enough? Let's just look at it in some ways in the athletic world, right? Some of these athletes are, they have enough money for a lifetime and their children's lifetime and beyond. Yet when contract time comes around, they've got to be the next highest pair because it's, it's again, it's about ego right. that if I'm better than you, then it deserves another $10 million. Right. And then they'll say, it's not about the money. It's about the recognition. So hmm. there's something in that that may never be enough. I've been successful. You're going to be a hall of famer. Yeah. But at the same time, if I'm going to do a commercial for you, it's going to cost you this much. So I understand the supply and demand part. But just talking about the heart of man, I don't, I don't know that you could just say, I'm successful, it's enough. And when you look at people who just kind of retire and lose their influence, they're happy for a while, but then it just becomes life as, you know, straight line life. Yeah. You know, it what is if there's every a study day about people who after retirement still choose to invest in other people if they live longer. I don't know be interesting to find I, out. I think that's the benefit of having the transitionary step from survival to success being based on the word of God, because as you put the word of God in you, 
it's going to change your heart and desire because you're going to see things like in Proverbs where it says the generous soul be made rich and he who waters will be watered himself. You're going to get to Acts where the words of Jesus are, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And sure, we can't know exactly what the world's doing, but if you commit to this biblical process, the word of God and the Holy Spirit are going to push you to a spot where your life's going to outlive you. Your heart's going to get enlarged. And that happens as you open it to other people and the people in your sphere of influence. Right. And that, I mean, really in the end result, maybe many different people listening to this, probably the majority are Christians, but the understanding that, you know, God didn't want this all to be religious. He didn't want it to be about works. He wanted it to be about the understanding. He wanted to have a relationship with us. He wanted us to be fruitful. He wanted us to multiply. He wants us to fill the earth uh, with all that he is. He wants to bring us to a place that we're, we're having legacy to our children and our children's children, uh, which means influence, which means significance, uh, creating generational, uh, you know, legacy moving on. And so what's in the heart of people is that. But he's the creator. He wrote the book. So if you don't believe in that, you can take these principles, yeah. right? And so somebody who who physically has a change in life, they will see this process and say, you know what, I've got out of survival mode and just, you know, trying to get through every day. I, I and I found out, man, I'm I can't get up out of the chair. I'm I can't, I mean, I walk up the stairs, I'm breathing hard. I need to make a change. And so they read and then they get goals and they start doing that. They get a stability, then they feel like I'm secure. My health is good. And then they'll start a health thing, which is awesome, except for it's it's only one part of your life. Somebody will do that emotionally and try to help people get emotional stability, which is good for that part of your life. But the word of God gives us direction spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically financially and and financially and so um he's our creator he knows his design he knows how we work best and so when we look at this whole process he says when i came out of and this again oversimplification but when man sinned and was separated from my life he went into survival mode yeah. But I I came into, I made a promise to come in to change all that so anyone can move out of survival mode, gain stability, security, have success, and be significant. Nice. I can That's say good. amen to all yeah. that. <laughs> that was good. Um, we're going to move into the wisdom of the day. Yeah? That's wisdom good. of the day. Do you remember wisdom of the day from last time? Yes. Okay. Do you want to start? I'll start off. I really liked how you brought up that the children of Israel going from Egypt to the promised land is pretty much a picture of the whole process where they were in survival mode and then they was called to have success and stability and security in the land, but ultimately to be significant and be a blessing to the whole earth. And I was just thinking about that. I was thinking about what Alan Wolf, we actually have an episode called Predictable Success yeah. too, yeah. where they can get 
uh, more information on that. And I was thinking about how they walked the process. The majority stayed in survival. Joshua and Caleb, there was a transition there. And I was thinking of the transition. And I just wrote down that we need to recognize what God is doing in my today. Not just live for today. Carry what God has taught me today into tomorrow and then just keep repeating the process. And I believe that's what Joshua and Caleb did. They lived in relationship with the word of God, the law in that process, instead of just today, 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 today. Uh, and if you just confess and possess today, you'll always live in the reality of what you're living in today. So thank you. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. I would say um, just really examining your mindset as you're moving through the steps. Um, there's people who move through the steps and continue to have the survival mindset um, or you at the very beginning, even when you're in survival mode, having the mindset of significance and how that can propel you forward and understanding that God's process is completely opposite of the world's. So, you know, survival and success are both self-centered. Significance is the only one that is outward centered. So if you have the outward centered mindset at the very beginning, God will move you into that phase quicker than you could ever do it on your own. Yeah. I would agree. <laughs> That's good. good. So what's yours? Um, mine would be, uh, again, putting some things together. Uh, Paul said it, you know, that the church received from him, not as it were the wisdom of men or the words of men, but the word of God. Uh, John Osteen started this and said, this is God speaking to me. That to move through this process, to get out of simply making it to the next paycheck, making it emotionally to the next situation, physically to the next, you know, part of my life, uh, rather than just making it, that I look into the Word of God and don't look at it as men putting restriction on me, religion, but I look at it as God speaking personally to me through relationship and knowing that he, he knows the beginning from the end. And in here, in his word, he's given me everything that I need that pertains to life and godliness. So if he did that, and I can process it by the Holy Spirit and the steps in those areas of my life, then I will move. I won't just be looking to survive. I will move through the process and begin to be a light to others, and I'll be significant. Amen. That was great. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having again me. for the third time. We'll have you. We're gonna have you back. I can guarantee you that. Um, would you mind praying us out of the podcast? Uh, don't mind at all. All right, Father God, we just uh, thank you today. We thank you for every single person uh, that tunes into this podcast. Father, we just uh, know that you desire to move in their hearts to. Uh, bring them into a place of fulfillment uh, as you've created us to live, to multiply, to be fruitful, to leave legacy. And so if they're caught in a survival mode, that God, you speak to them and you help them break out and, and see that there is a place of significance for them and they can have stability and security and success and influence other people. And you give them a mindset of looking beyond themselves you expand their capacity and their ability to see beyond just simply surviving. And they could see themselves, whether they're there or not, see themselves as influencing others towards godliness, towards success, and being influential 
filling up someone's life with uh, things that you've put on the inside of them. Help them recognize their gifts, the calling. God, help them to see that all of this really is your desire and help them go deeper in a personal relationship with you and your word. And in that, I thank you, Father, that you bring about revelation, you bring wisdom, you bring knowledge and understanding that they might move out of a place of surviving and begin to influence those, be that light in their world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Pastor Mark. And I encourage all of you, not just to be a hearer, but be a doer and expect significance. And we know significance is about we. So I encourage you, share this podcast with somebody. Be significant with this podcast. And we will be back next week on the Sewing Going Podcast with Jay and Jay.